0: Please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It's
1: great to be back, Owen, and for a special Christmas episode.
0: Yep, we're recording. So if you are on YouTube, hello, I'm waving <laughs> at the camera. <laughs> but uh, if you're listening, yeah, this is our Christmas discussion. A uh, bit of a recap.
1: Mm, some of our highlights from the year.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know that you like this time of year. It even says it right here in the notes. It's Kate's favorite time of year.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Christmas has a special place in my heart. And we're also going to talk about some general money tips, um, some Christmas present ideas that mostly revolve around books, but I mean, that's my favorite present. Um, A little bit of things about the Christmas holidays and just talking a bit about what you can expect from us 2020 and beyond. Cool. Cool. Twenty
0: twenty one. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, Gee, it's the shoes gone quick. People don't count it because we're in lockdown for six months. But, but I
1: know. It's like it feels like no time at all since we were recording a Christmas episode last year.
0: Yeah, I asked you before, off air, if um, we did the five money moves to make yeah. last Christmas, but I don't think we did. But we're no, gonna do them in just another episode. We did it so. a
1: few weeks ago, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay, so um firstly, let's talk about the big changes in the financial world.
1: Yeah, so I think Obviously, COVID was massive this year and I think mm-hmm. there was a massive change in technology. I mean, we saw the price of Zoom shares skyrocket overnight yep. because suddenly everything was online and I think that was a massive change because people were suddenly realizing they couldn't go to the bank branch or things like that. They had to do everything online. People were having to talk to their financial advisor mm. over Zoom. They were having to, um, like people, a lot of stuff was online already, but Things I think went to the next level this year.
0: Yeah. And you know what? From sorry, if I talk from an investing perspective, mm. what really caught me off guard, or not off guard, I kind of expected this, but just to see it play out was um, people think because, oh, the whole world's going to be at home. So therefore, I should buy Zoom shares, right? That's what they think. Yeah. And it actually, that's not actually a rational decision because it takes many, many years for companies like Zoom to actually benefit from that. And this isn't a new thing. Like Zoom's mm. been around for years. There's been heaps of examples. Like this. like this. Amazon went up a huge amount on day one because they broke all these records for yeah. sales. Um, and so when you're investing, it's obviously it's all well and good to go and think, you know, Zoom's going to change the world. But you have to ask yourself, is this sustainable? And I think the one thing that I'm coming back to from a technology point of view is how much of this stuff that we're doing now as a result of COVID is going to be around in 2021.
1: Yeah.
0: And then in many years to come, I think most of it will. But um, I think people got a bit of ahead of ahead of themselves.
1: Yeah, and it's also been a great chance this year. I think a lot of people have had a chance to save extra money because mm. they haven't been having to pay for public transport, lunches and coffees at work, mm. uh, all sorts of things. Like a few would've. hundred
0: dollars on fuel every month. Yeah. yeah,
1: and all those impulse purchases. I know that was even just thinking last year, just walking around the city on my lunch breaks. It would be really hard not to see something and go mm. in and buy it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, maybe I don't really have that. Maybe a <laughs> same <Bunnings>, desire <laughs> Bunnings I might you'd oh, let me free in Bunnings for a yeah, ban, but some you've damage done, probably got a
1: loyalty card at Bunnings actually I now, do
0: I <laughs> did get a power pass during COVID <laughs> so I could actually get in
1: yeah Yeah.
0: I, so funny story actually hired a ute to make me look more legit like a tradie <laughs> got a um, like a permit and mm-hmm. then got my power pass so I walked straight in no questions asked um, but yeah I mean that's a big thing right like um, people have effectively I think most people have taken that impulse or discretionary spending that you, you, you do and they've taken it to like the local shop or yeah. local market or whatever it might be which i think is a really good thing because mm. I, like i was talking to someone on the weekend and he was saying that rather than buy his meat at, Bunning, at Bunnings at um, <laughs> <laughs> everything's bunnings no rather than buy his meat at woolies he would mm. just get out to the butcher that he's never been to before and now yeah. he just keeps shopping there because it supports the local business and keeps people employed and, and what have you so i think there's a few changes that way but that's been good for people's budgets yeah. And it's been good for the local businesses.
1: Another thing I wanted to talk about is the market crash that happened and then suddenly Mm. (laughs) was over uh, back in March this year. And I think that was really interesting. As a fairly new investor, I've only been investing for maybe four years now. Um, That was the first time I'd seen that level of volatility. I think there was a small crash back, a small movement back in 2018, was it?
0: Yeah, Yeah. there have been a few smaller falls. You probably wouldn't call them crashes. So there's no... um, like rule of law on this but generally if it falls the whole market falls 20% um, that's considered a crash you know you wouldn't be the only one who has experienced that type of fall for the first mm-hmm. time it was the first one for me in this regard because it was actually the fastest crash in history Yeah. so it was the fastest fall like intraday falls in like the Dow Jones it's P500 the ASX 200 here in Australia and so the velocity of it caught people off guard um, a lot of the people like these fancy financial models and whatever <laughs> that have these like models and strategies in place, if if this happens and do that, most of them didn't work. Yeah. Um, and it just highlights again that it's not – and to your point about it, you know, it was a crash but now we're back. We're actually yeah. ahead of where we were last year. It was
1: suddenly – it was well, over and <laughs>
0: – Yeah. And, and that highlights that there's – in my opinion, there's no point avoiding them.
1: Mm.
0: Don't, like don't spend any more time thinking about it than – if it, the market goes up, I'm going to buy some, like mm. buy some shares or ETFs or whatever. If the market's flat, I'm going to buy some. And if it falls, I'm going to buy more. Yeah. Like there's no selling involved there. It's just invest, 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 invest. doesn't matter how you do it, just do it. And um, I remember recording, I was sitting in the, the back room at my in-laws house when I recorded that that podcast by myself, it was about, like, will house prices fall 32%?
1: Yeah, I remember that one yeah. when I was supposed to have gone on my European trip yeah, Exactly, year, around that time. solo episode.
0: And I remember, like, because there was these forecasters that come out and said that this is going to be a big ding. you know, house prices, mm. by our modelling, is going to fall 32%. Well, guess what? That did not happen. In in maybe no sense of the word did that happen. Maybe you could say apartments in the city like here in Melbourne are pretty bad.
1: Yeah.
0: But it didn't happen. In fact, it has gone the opposite direction. Mm. So... The market crash that didn't happen.
1: And but, no one could have yeah. expected that. And I thought it was really interesting just to sort of test because for the last few years I've thought of myself, oh, I was a relatively high-risk investor. Um, I'm comfortable with market volatility. But this was an actual – this was able to put that into practice and see how I felt and how my emotions were seeing my investment accounts go down 20%, 30%. Mm. Like that, was, that was pretty crazy because often we – We think we're high risk investors until we're not. Yeah. And stuff hits the fans. So, I mean, it was a great opportunity to test that. I mean, the sad side of this was seeing people posting about switching their super to cash in March. And that was kind of devastating to see because, like, knowing what we know about super, they probably wouldn't have switched back into investments at any time. And so they've lost, they switched at a loss in March and then they've probably left it in cash this whole year, which is going to have a massive effect on their long-term wealth.
0: Yeah, Max, yeah, Max, who's, mm. who's our analyst who's based in Brisbane, but he's coming to Melbourne next year. He um, he worked for a super company throughout March okay. and um, he said that the amount of calls that he got that people didn't understand. He said he remembered someone that was like 26 years old. I could, I'm just taking words out of Max's mouth. And <laughs> she rang up and she's like, yeah, I don't know about my investment options. I'm 50% cash and 50% conservative. Mm. And his his words were to the effect of that is the single most, like, riskiest financial decision anyone could ever make in their yeah. lifetime is being in that allocation at that age because they've got forty years mm. for compounding and that is not even that's got, probably going backwards a yeah. lot of the time. So, um, yeah, that was pretty scary. You know what was sc- what was interesting is that I get most people do run away from these situations. Mm. I was definitely running towards it. Like I was super excited when all this was happening because mm. from an investor's perspective, if you disregard what people tell you is that like the stock market's like gambling, things just go up and down randomly and you actually think about the businesses that are behind the share prices. Like Zoom's a good example. Zoom, mm. I, I, have to, I, don't, I don't know the chart I don't have it in front of me, but I imagine the Zoom's share price would have fallen throughout March and then people would have been like, oh, well, the world's not going to blow up. Maybe <laughs> people will actually do stuff online. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's going up. And what I was doing is just focusing on the businesses. Mm. If you just focus on all the things that you can buy, it actually gets like super exciting. It's like going into a candy store and instead of having like a you know, sales ticket here and there, it's like the whole wall is on a sales ticket. Yeah. And it's really exciting because you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got all, I've got this money that I saved up. <laughs> now it's just about how much do I buy, not like, you know which one? It's just like, mm-hmm. how many can I buy? Um, and I was found that really exciting. But that was a big thing in a lot of people's lives. A lot of people lost jobs out of this. Yeah. I think you said earlier on the year that it probably made you reconsider how much cash you put aside.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely still think in the way I invest, I'm a high risk investor. But that I'm also, when it comes to having a quite a substantial emergency fund, I think I've become even more like mm-hmm. conservative in that approach. I don't know if that I don't even know what type of investor that makes me. I'm sort of high risk with my investments but I'm very conservative with the amount of cash I keep aside and I think after everything that happened this year that probably will stay with me for a while. I remember when we talked to Mel mm. Brown about that earlier this year it was quite interesting to reflect on probably how my perspective on this has changed mm. um, and I don't know if that was part of. Like I was supposed to go away, my plans completely changed. I took a redundancy, so I think everything was a lot less certain than it probably felt at the start of this year. I mean, in January I had all these plans, and I, I thought it sort of had planned out the year, thought I knew what was going to happen, and nothing that's happened this year I could have imagined at all. So mm. I think that's maybe made me a bit more conservative in terms of that emergency fund and having substantial savings rather than putting as much as i can into my investments
0: it's funny um you know because it took me took morgan house i guess so (laughs) long to come out with this book that everyone wanted to read and we've read it um and one of the things that he says in the book is that the true value of having cash is not necessarily the interest that you receive but it's the ability to use that cash when things either go bad, like March, you might lose your job or you might be able to put more into your investments mm-hmm. at that time. And then you're getting the investments at better prices. Therefore, even if you don't invest that cash this year and make a return on it this year, maybe you do next year because you get a better price and you put more in. Yeah, And so that was kind of, that's something from personal finance. That's Personal finance meets investing because you have this imaginary number of like interest that you might be earning on that cash. Um, that if the market falls, that's when you start earning that interest, if you could think about it mm. like that. Whereas, you know, traditionally we just think of, you know, I've got 50000 or or $100,000 put away in cash. I don't know who you are. Maybe that's you. <laughs> and that's like a year and a half. Is that too conservative, that yeah. cash balance? Because I'm not earning anything on it. But maybe it's not that conservative. Maybe you still are a growth investor or a risk-seeking investor, but it will just take time for you to use all of that in the right mm. environment. So next year if the property market does indeed fall, you think, hey, I've got enough for a deposit. I can go and put that in there now. Yeah, and that's the return that you get from having that cash, not the interest that you earned. Yeah, along the way. I probably
1: don't want to calculate how much I might have <laughs> lost in potential returns by keeping it on the side, but I think it did help with, as a like a sleep at night factor.
0: Totally, yeah, that counts. Uh, There's one more point here, Kate, that you've got for big changes to the world of finance in 2020.
1: Yeah, well, this is probably the Australian world of finance, but I thought it was really interesting that Vanguard Australia finally decided to hit up the the retail investment Mm. space. It's typically been mostly through advisors and super funds and their website has always been... uh, Oh, yeah pretty stale.
0: It leaves a lot to be desired. Yes. Yeah,
1: sure. So I thought it's really interesting. They opened up sort of their personal investor program. We could go directly through them and skip the brokerage. And from what I've heard, they're planning on launching retail super products in the next that's year the rumor, or so. Yeah. They've been hiring a lot of people. I mean, I've seen the jobs popping up on LinkedIn.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah.
1: Lots of people and they're hiring a lot of um, customer support because if you've got lots of retail clients, you need a totally. substantial customer support base. Yeah. Um, so I thought that's really interesting and hopefully it makes starts making more brokers um, in terms of brokerage fees more competitive and maybe also keeps uh, the super funds honest and keeps, yeah, gets really the fees down there because Vanguard can do it cheaper.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. But I think the last couple of years, the big super funds have been in-housing a lot of their stuff to try mm. and preempt some of this type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where you know, we know Vanguard is, is probably the, I can say it, probably the best yeah. index fund provider in the world. Um, and so for them to do it in a super environment means you don't need a self-managed fund or whatever. You can um, you can do it maybe directly with them. I'm not saying mm. that we recommend that or anything, but it's just a, an interesting development and um, one that we'll watch closely.
1: But we even spoke earlier this year that some of the super funds are actually increasing their admin fees, even doubling them. So yeah. it's definitely something to keep an eye on, even the – the most favorite industry super funds that had traditionally the cheapest fees, they might've changed in the last year. I mean, mm. I saw a month ago, my super fund said they were increasing their admin fees and it might be a dollar fifty a month, but that has a big impact over a long term. So it's definitely something you have to keep on top on.
0: One of the reasons that that happens is that obviously the fees for the fund go up. And so like their costs go up and they have to stay in business. Mm. So like, for example, when they had the $10,000 super withdrawal, someone actually has to be on the other side of that phone call to say, yeah, you have this much in super and this is how it works. Mm. Do you want to apply now kind of thing?
1: And that was Uh, quite an administrative burden. Oh, yeah. Some of the super super funds
0: were hiring 50 or 100 people just in one job ad. Just we need people. So that obviously has to be paid for by someone and that's the members of those Mm. big super funds. Anyway- Kate, what are your highlights for 2020?
1: Yeah, so I was ref- putting this episode together, reflecting. It was actually quite funny to see how the year had gone on. I remember back at the in January, we had our first listener event for the Australian Finance yep. Podcast, which was exciting and i was absolutely terrified at speaking um and presenting in front of an audience but we got through it i I don't think i looked at a single face i just sort of stared at the back of the room i I was so terrified but um yeah it was amazing to to meet some listeners and we were hoping and planning to do a whole heap of them throughout the year but um that didn't happen
0: yeah maybe 2021 i would i would back us in yeah um (laughs) there are some investor things that we have in the works for that Mm. actually but for the finance podcast and this series, we want to do it. So yeah. um, pretty much as soon as we can have people in a room, we'll we'll start planning for this. So that was exciting this year though. It's know? crazy to yeah. think
1: that that was 10 months ago. Yeah. Um, and that was, That's scary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it was. It was a, about 130, 140 people in the room. Yeah. And uh, we're lucky everyone didn't rock up. There was 350 RSVPs and the room was more than full of 130, mm. 140. So... Um, we love to see you all in person and so if we come to your city please just come along it'll most likely be free anyway so (laughs) yeah it costs you nothing
1: yeah absolutely and I think also the highlight for the year was that although I didn't go on my European (laughs) adventure that I've been planning and saving for for a few years I think the year just completely changed direction for me and I had opportunity to try some new things um, work at some different companies and um, sort of dig more into helping people learn about personal finance. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you are doing a great job. Also, uh, I I had the opportunity to write a testimonial for a book by um, financial advisor Paul Benson um, called Financial Autonomy. So I actually got my name on the back cover of a book (laughs) that is in Dimmicks that I think apart from writing a book – Getting your name on the back is like the next best thing. So, well,
0: then you don't have to do the hard work.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of bookshelves at home. That's probably my guilty pleasure. So that was very exciting. So for just me.
0: having your name, like a quote, is it a quote? Yeah. Like a testimonial, like, and then your name.
1: Yeah. Like, you know how people read the book and yeah. write about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. on the back of cover. So cool. that was pretty exciting. Um, also creating the financial independence course that is launching. Probably in the next two or three weeks. In the next few weeks. Yeah. it's. Oh, I think it was quite a much more of a big effort than we thought. Um, I was working on it back when I was um, made redundant and I had a bit of time on my hands and uh, I think it was like 50 or 60 pages of content. Yeah,
0: speaking of books. So, Uh. (laughs) yeah, you started it. So that would have been like for context, uh, that would have been – April yeah i think in april we were chatting
1: about it and i was like oh yeah i'll put it put something together and it just sort of kept growing mm. um so i mean the idea of financial independence has completely changed my perspective and i i really hope it's a great resource for everyone once it's up yeah. i mean the content's in the back end we've just got to finalize a few things but um that's been a big highlight for my year and also um, we've mentioned a few times, Sal, but reading Morgan Housel's new book, *The Psychology of Money*, was a pretty cool, pretty cool read yeah. this year. We actually
0: missed out on interviewing him uh, the weekend before last, but we're hoping to get him back on the show. He's a very, very busy man. Yes, from all <laughs> around the world, he is. Yeah, he's my favorite financial writer, not just author but writer. He yeah, brilliant, huh?
1: So if we if we play our cards right, he might be on the show next year. We'll yeah. see how we go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, and we'll we'll be giving away some books and some gifts, you could say. Um, so just. Keep listening to the podcast over the next few weeks uh, because we will be doing a bit of a giveaway. And of course, we're going to give away finance related stuff. Yes. Not just like chocolates or whatever. They're going to be, it's going to be finance related things. So um, if you're looking for some things and you think we might be able to, you know, give you a gift, make sure you participate. Uh, So just to rehash that, um, the second last point there, Kate, about the fire course, Mm. this is going to be huge. So I had the honor of um, proofreading Kate's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, kate's course and it is it's it's nothing like a book but it is because you go on a journey with kate and she talks about it in the first person which is really cool because most of the time when you do courses it's it's a bit weird like it's it's almost like you're being lectured to mm. whereas this is more taking one on an exploration or discovery of what the fire movement means the different types of fire and the strategies that go into it and then all of the resources that come with it so kate's done all of that and it's a totally free course yep I remember it, when I was giving you feedback on it um, a few weeks ago, you said, you know, we could charge for this course if we really want to. I'm like, yeah, we totally could. But it's so good, we should get it in the hands of as many people as we yeah. can. So yeah, this is a huge thing that Kate's been working on. So, you know, even if you – so I know there's some like perceptions about what FIRE stands for, mm. but it is not about that. It's not about like making you a died in the wall FIRE supporter. Yeah. It's about just – focusing on you and and retiring in your terms if that's what you choose to do, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm definitely not a a frugal person, so the course doesn't come across that way at all. It's not really about cutting every expense to the bare bones. It's a lot about everything from negotiating a salary and upskilling yourself, finding other Mm. passions you enjoy, designing your dream life, and also helping other people once you've got to the end of your, well, you've gone quite a bit on your personal finance journey, actually how to give back and help your community.
0: Yeah, it's a really special course. I'm going to say it's the best course that we have on the education <laughs> site. So, that's on the Rask Education site. We'll be blowing up your socials with it. Um, yeah, we'll, next let, we'll let you know so, once it's live. <laughs> yeah, and you can enroll in it. There's no deadlines, but there are some checklists and things that you can use to kind of, you know, help whip yourself into gear over Christmas. So, really good one.
1: Okay, uh, your highlights. My
0: highlights. So, Kate went to and filled out one of the, the dot points for me, <laughs> which was, getting chickens i now have three chickens april may and june and buying a house is that um, what you called them yeah my mother oh, and sister no. them. so april may and june and it matches up because one of them's like a lighter colored and then they get darker so it's like closest to summer is <laughs> april and then june is obviously you know towards winter yeah. darker colored uh so yeah i mean that was a highlight from from my partner and i sarah and i um i think yeah, it was an interesting process going through the house buying process. It's mm. nothing like buying shares, um where you can just open an <laughs> account and buy. It's much more extensive
1: yeah. and expensive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's expensive. You uh, what I was really and Sarah was taken back by this as well is how slow and clunky the process is. Mm. It's just it's crazy. And what's really what I found really concerning was how bad some of the professionals are, so-called professionals. Like yeah. it is tragically bad like they can lead people like can misinform people like we had um i can say this we had one broker a very very first broker who we had some great brokers but one in particular we asked her you know can you explain what a comparison rate is Mm -hmm. knowing full well that i know what a comparison rate is (laughs) just and she didn't even explain it to us she just she just. I, I personally believe it's because she didn't know. Like yeah. she, if she did know, she just couldn't be bothered telling us. And that is by far, in my opinion, the single most important number that anyone needs to know when they're mm. trying to assess um, whether they're getting a good deal or not. And they called it the term rate on this stupid broker document that we looked at. Um, and it was so confusing. And we're getting different pieces of information from everyone. Mm. And you really need – if you're not financially savvy at all, um, you do need someone or you need to sit down and do like a course or – read a book and actually educate yourself because you can get it so wrong. Yeah. But even little things like on the day of settlement, like if you paid more in your deposit than what the actual deposit required for your loan, do you get money back or where does that go? Or like mm. who disperses the money? Do you apply for the first time on a grant? Yeah. No, you don't. Your conveyance does. So how do you know that? Like no one tells you unless mm. they're really like forthcoming. So um, that was a highlight, but it was also illuminating because for a non-typical borrower like my wife and I, it was – Pretty hard, to be honest. Yeah. So prepare for that. Um, What was the other thing? Oh, yeah, here we go. Coming back from an NDE, so near-death experience. (laughs) Not me personally, like not physically or psychologically, but um, just with the business, um, we had a massive hiccup. You know, as a startup business, things go wrong. Mm. In October, November last year, 2019, and it pretty much put our business out of action until March. And we went from you know, a full team, um, writers, everyone to just myself. Yeah. Um, And I was going to take a a job somewhere else and it was Sarah, my partner, who convinced me not to do that. And then we're in this building now, for those of you that are on the camera, it's over that way. Um, (laughs) We're in this beautiful office now. We've got some fantastic partners into our business who could see what we were trying to do. Mm -hmm. And they effectively come in and scooped us up and said, yep, come into our office. Um, Here's everything you need. We're going to take care of you and the business has come back stronger than ever Mm. unbelievable and um we did a lot of things um when we were down on the skeleton crew we did a lot of things where or which we would never have done if it wasn't if there wasn't the chance that we're going out of business
1: yeah
0: because the whole time as you know kate with this um the business that we're working on and what we've created is that it doesn't like financial incentives for me come second what's most important is that you help people and you live, like Mm -hmm. you make a mark and you 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 help and so we did things like we created our education site which now has all the courses on it but we wouldn't have done that if we were still in our stride before so we've come back stronger and i'm super super thrilled with that and and then we so we we said to my my wife and i've always been scared that having an investment business where people like, buy your research because they want to invest. The scariest thing would be a market crash. And we said after we went through all of this, through all of our money into this, we were down to $0 literally in our bank account. We had all this money outstanding that we owed for the business. And then we said to ourselves, wouldn't it be funny if we finally got back into business and a market crash happened? That was March. Yeah. (laughs) That was March. And then we came back. And it did crash, but I think thanks to all the good juju that we'd given to so many people through our brand and whatever, as soon as we did come back into business, we had this influx of people that wanted to join and support mm. the business and team members that wanted to join. So that's one of the, that's the second thing I know I'm rambling on here. Obviously, meeting great people, we have, you and I are very, very fortunate. Yeah. We meet some tremendous people.
1: Yeah, I think we, like this year was just an amazing array of guests we were able to get on the show. And I think that was partly yeah. due to COVID because people had a lot more time on their hands. And I found yeah. people I emailed, I had a pretty good success rate with the people I wanted on the show and getting a response back. Yeah. I think uh, only one time we got a really like outright rejection, yeah. <laughs> but um, most of the time people are really willing to come on and share their knowledge and experiences. So like, I yeah. think you listed a few of them yeah, here, like Peter
0: but- Singer. Steve, and I'm going to do his surname, not justice. So Steve Kalele, I think you how you pronounce it. Um, Andrea Clark, who, um, as we record this, is on the podcast today. Hitting the airwaves. On the Investors podcast, I spoke to someone called Luke Trickett. Uh, he's a little, little small investor from Queensland who mm. speaks really profound things. And then Rob Milner. Like, there's been so many amazing yeah. people. Um, you know, just being able to meet with them for this is wonderful and to your point about rejections and whatever we don't actually get that many and i think it's partly because you know we do have some great listeners now and they leave comments one of the comments what well, the only time we've been rejected is because we didn't have 750 <laughs> yeah, um, was it, reviews
1: yeah that was the criteria to get and we've only got and something. On. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so
0: and we don't really ask for reviews oh, no 100. so we don't like we don't want – we don't feel like you have to give anything, but that was one of – and I thought that was such an odd thing. To say only if you've got 750 reviews, we could just go and spam iTunes with reviews.
1: Yeah, and I, I do see some podcasts doing prizes or giving away cash or vouchers for people leaving iTunes reviews. And, and that's, that's probably why, right? That's probably not something I ever want to do. Yeah. I want the reviews, to be honest. I mean, we got our first uh, – one star review on <laughs> yeah. apple Podcasts this year because we, we didn't talk about all the different types of trading on one of our
0: yeah, podcasts my
1: bad. um yeah but i mean you got to deal with this when you're putting content into the world and i'm yeah. just really appreciative that everyone's been keeping in and tuning in with us this year it's been amazing to have you along this journey and especially totally. during COVID when it's felt like we've had no community it's been more important than ever to connect with people virtually
0: absolutely well said yeah so um i'll be quick my second last one <laughs> just building out our team um we went f- from myself being the only employee back again in in march to now there's about <laughs> five to ten of us yeah um and heaps of writers that contribute to our site as well and heaps of people around the periphery that contribute to what we're trying to do so super stoked with that um uh really just Being able to surround yourself with really fun, energetic, smart, talented people, Mm. um, it's just such a a pleasure. Anyway, last one, um, which I couldn't go without, which is getting Kate to join the team. So for those of you who don't know, Kate joined um, joined us, what, three months ago now? Yeah. Formally? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, three months. So Kate and I haven't actually worked together, air quotes, um, because she's always been doing her thing. I've been doing
1: my thing. Um, i was working for other people yeah. up until yeah up until <laughs> three or so months ago so. yeah
0: and i think it was a big decision for kate because um you know just using that different part of your brain the creative side mm. and then actually thinking you can make a job from that is a risk yeah and i think it's come around to you now that um you can actually do that, and you are really creative. So, definitely a highlight for me is being able to see you grow over the year. Aww. Aww. No, it is true. And um, like, I think if anyone was to go back a year from now and look at like the way you interact with people, like even you said earlier on going to the event mm. uh, and presenting there, like I feel like next year you're going to come back even stronger with that that skill set. And so that's been really great. That's been a highlight for me. It's definitely the number one highlight for this series. So. Mm.
1: I think as you, as you said to one of our other teammates before, you just got to push yourself a little bit further each time. And I think that's what we've tried to do this year. I mean, I'm trying to do some video stuff, which is yeah. pretty terrifying as well. So that's yeah. the next next challenge.
0: Yeah, so you can jump on YouTube and support Kate. Give us some, <laughs> give us some good feedback. Um, cool. Okay, so now we've done a bit of a recap. Now we're going to talk about some general money-saving tips.
1: For Christmas time yeah. and some Christmas present ideas. So I think – The major money saving tips for me uh writing down who you actually need gifts for putting a potential budget for each of them because i mean we've all got those people like you probably want to give some person a better gift than maybe another person you want to allocate your you got a set amount to spend for christmas you want to allocate accordingly so Mm. avoiding impulse shopping i mean this episode's coming out after the black friday sales so hopefully you've already um managed to get what you needed at a discount but um yeah just being careful there and i also think um as one of our colleagues does, and was, I was talking to her the other day, she does has quite a large family, so she does a Kris Kringle style where each person, I think it was $200, and you buy one, one gift. One really good gift as opposed yeah. to $10, $10, $10
0: ones like, or $20 ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay.
1: I mean, 30 people is uh, quite yeah. a, a lot of people, so I probably wouldn't want to yeah. be buying 30 gifts, but um, I think that's a really good idea, and if you can approach that conversation with your family I mean, maybe it's too late this year, but maybe it's something you discuss after this Christmas. Hey, next year, why don't we do it this way? Or um, why don't we do a Christmas that everyone has to buy something from a small business or has to be handmade? I know Mm. quite a few families have sort of made that decision this year. Mm. I mean, I've really focused on supporting small businesses because I think that's more important than ever. I mean, they've had a horrible year from the the fires in January and onwards. So yeah, it's actually been really fun finding small businesses because they're things and getting gifts for people that I know they wouldn't have heard of yeah, or unique, seen before. Yeah, they're unique because they're from a small
0: mm. business, right?
1: Yeah, and also just finding – and I found Instagram was a great way to find small businesses. Yep. Um, it's it's Facebook isn't COVID. where it's at, <laughs> the business pages. I think it's definitely Instagram. And Instagram's added so many features to help you shop now, so mm. it's easier than ever.
0: We, we often talk about this, right, um, that – it's important to buy experiences Mm. not material items if i i don't know if i look back on my childhood i'm picturing my christmases right now in my hair with my family i don't remember opening something out of a box is the special thing i remember just going to my grandma's house or going to my grandma and granddad's house and everyone being there and it being hot you're having barbecues (laughs) I remember my auntie would always bring a bucket of KFC chicken, like because it was never open on Christmas Day. but they thought everyone thought it was the most like that's just so lazy. I was like, you are the best person in my life right now, and uh, I remember the experience. Mm. I don't remember what I pulled out of the box. Of course, we did like the Santa thing or whatever, but I don't know. Did you? Is that what you like? Do you remember the presents or the? No,
1: like, I don't. I remember the first time I got one of those CD, portable CD players, oh, yeah, just like because a that was man, my first piece of tech. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, not really. Yeah. Um, I, I just remember like the Christmases, we might have done it in a different location or at someone else's house. I think when I was young, I had a, all the extended family had one big Christmas together and that stands out to me. So it's definitely, I remember the location, the people, yeah. um, the funny things that happened. The one Christmas I got stung by a bee. just like random things and i remember the food like if often we've got that one person in the family that cooks this memorable dish and they do it every year and like you really remember that so i think that's a good thing to keep in mind it's those it's the event that's more important than the.
0: if you can't if you can't afford to get everyone gifts um if you if you only have a limited budget you just Mm -hmm. try and be creative and just remember that the most important thing no matter what your budget is is that you provide an environment where you're all just kind of happy and carefree for an hour or two hours or a day or a few days if you're lucky enough to get away for a while. That's what's really important. And, um, you know, maybe next year if you didn't have enough money this year to save up for gifts for whatever reason, next year you can try the KK or you can try doing something different Mm -hmm. and and setting out a plan to – Put some money inside. Uh, aside as one of those saver accounts or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I think we said last year no one in your family or your friends wants you to go into debt for them over no Christmas. Way. Yeah. I mean, if they do, you got to rethink that. But, yeah. like, I know I don't want my loved ones to spend money they can't afford and I would never ask that of them and um. I've sort of in the past have sort of indicated that at certain times um, and... Also, another gift to think about is how can you give someone your time? And I think that's really important. Like, mm. if they've got young kids, can you say, oh, My gift to you is like a couple of weekends of babysitting? Like, yeah. that's probably uh, the best gift for them because babysitting is really expensive. Um, or maybe like offering to give them a weekend helping them with their garden or if they need to build a chicken coop. Like, uh, <laughs> Owen, Owen's uh, very good at building chicken coops. So he might be uh Yeah, if you want one, it's very expensive members. though. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just think. Sometimes time is the most important gift and that's something to consider.
0: Yep. And that is, I think, uh, yeah, the old, um, you give someone a, a gift certificate and it's got one night of babysitting on it. Yeah. Um, Those
1: so coupons quirky. that yeah. kids used to give, but actually following through. I remember yeah. I think I gave them, but I don't think I actually <laughs> did them when they one got free redeemed. car
0: wash. <laughs> I don't remember giving you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Okay. So in terms of presents, there are some great ideas here. You've gone above and beyond, Kate. So- well, um, so we know what one of is <laughs> going to be, but what are some of the things that you're going to give to people or you think that are personal finance related other people can
1: Yes. Yeah, give? so I think books are a great gift to give to friends and family, um, even as KK and personal finance books. Sometimes you can give the right book to the right person at the right time and that can change everything yep. for them. I'm sure that... And we know that the Barefoot Investor as a Christmas gift has been a massive change for a lot Absolutely. of people yep. in past years. And sometimes it's just one book might not work. It might not work a few years in a row, but suddenly you might have the right thing for them. Um, and I think they're it's a low-cost way. Most books are like $20. You might be able to find them cheaper at book depository. Audible,
0: if you want an e-book like yeah. to listen in, you can two free for the first month. So
1: You can gift Audible okay. Audible books to yep. people now um and i think that's a great gift idea and it's affordable um so i guess i'll just rattle off a few i'm going to post an article on rask meter as well um, and include that in the show notes so you can read a bit more about each one but cool. some of the highlights uh, that came out this year are the psychology of money by morgan housel mm-hmm. uh, money school by lacey phillips yep. and she actually came on the podcast mm-hmm. earlier this year so you can episode. try before you buy there um I've been reading recently How to Decide by Annie Duke. That's more about making decisions, but I think that's mm-hmm. a really important part of finance as well. And that one actually was quite an interactive book and had lots of activities and sort of thinking exercises for you to do. Cool. Uh, Shareplicity also came out this year by Danielle Ecuva. Yep. I may have said I'll that wrong. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, Shareplicity. Um, What's that
0: about? You've told me about it before. That
1: is – So it's not about ETS, it's just about investing in Australian shares and the research and learning those skills. So if you know someone that's really interested in that, it's probably not for someone that has no idea about personal finance. It's a bit more um, advanced. I had to look up some things, like I didn't know everything in that book, but that was a really nice approach. And she was very simple and straightforward and explained things really well. Cool uh financial autonomy by paul benson
0: oh, i've heard it's got a good quote on as back. i
1: mentioned before and um, always just, just give a property a bit of love um our friend nicole Haddo's smashed avocado i think that came out last year but it's an oldie but a goodie
0: yeah she's coming not up with old, another not one that so. old, but yeah it's still relevant uh, she was at the yeah. event she presented the event earlier this year yeah, yeah so, so she was um, great.
1: that was that's definitely a, a great one and it's a nice book cover for Putting Under the Tree.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, those are some great books. Um, again, I'll just reiterate that uh, I listened to The Psychology of Money by Morgan Hussle in on Audible, so an mm. audiobook. It's the first audiobook I've ever listened to because I've always been like, nah, if you're going to read a book, you've got to read a book. <laughs> Paper version, none of this Kindle crap. It's got to be <laughs> the hardcover book. Yeah. Um, but now um, his book was perfect for that mm. because – Morgan's book sometimes has or often has short stories as examples of like what not to do or like what's important and what's Mm. not important. And it was perfect for the audio book because it's not so intense and like, you know, this is the table and you where do you fall in this quadrant? It's short stories that you can just go, wow, as you're Mm. listening to and you're you're doing the gardening or you're making dinner or something. Really good book. Like I said, I got it through Audible. Morgan probably doesn't want to say this. got it through (laughs) Audible free. I got two books free for the first 30 days
1: you just gotta remember to cancel those things if you do yeah have two i'll probably free. keep
0: it to be honest because yeah. it's that good um i can see why they give the first two away for free so it was like 60 bucks worth of value yeah for so, i
1: think it's it's a really good way i, I mean i my library had um belinda audio for free um with the melbourne city library if you're a mm. melbourne person um i think most libraries probably have something like this mm. but you can listen to so many audiobooks for free and they're not weird old ones they're all the recent books that you could want. So um, that's a great way to, if you're not really keen on reading a finance book, uh, there's quite a few audio versions. I mean, maybe not all the charts and tables will translate that well, but um, the general essence is there. And so if you're on the train, it's a good idea.
0: Cool. Okay, so before we get to this next section, um, you're going to give us some other ideas. Um, What I want to say to listeners is that please send us in your ideas if you've got some great Christmas gifts um if you have like gift ideas or if you have presents like and some strategies for getting those presents or just different ways to make money and to to give people items that they're going to value send it to us jump into our facebook group which we'll put a link in the show notes to and share it in there or just email us and then we'll try and share them out whichever way we can so
1: yeah, yeah. and they're not just for christmas like you can get some use these next year as well for gifts but um these are some i've just discovered this month for um christmas but there was this cool company called crackle they do all sorts of different uh caramel popcorn there's like a gingerbread one and a rosemary which would look really cool on a platter so i thought if you want something small Mm. for a stocking or for a friend or for a colleague that was quite a fun idea um and they're really like all homemade and stuff like that so that was really nice um our friend alicia from Sweet Bakes. She yep. came on the podcast early this year. She has cooked some amazing cakes throughout I have lockdown. seen some recently. Um, and her Christmas range is wonderful. I mean, hopefully there's still time to get in, but she's doing beautiful cakes and all sorts of gifting things. So Sweet bakes. Yeah. Yep, on Instagram. Um, there's 99th Monkey, which does uh, lots of homemade nut butters, peanut butters, and variations on that, like the – the almond cashew butters. And so they're all homemade. I think it's a Melbourne business because it got there pretty quick. But um, anyway- Don't give it to
0: an anaphylactic.
1: (laughs) No, no. They're in gift packs. So um, that was a perfect gift for some family members. Cool. Um, Neptune Blanket. So that was- These are
0: all so cool, the names. (laughs) Neptune Um, Blanket, tell me more. I
1: really hope no one in my family actually listens to this podcast before Christmas (laughs) because I'm giving it away. But um, they do everything from those weighted blankets- Oh, yeah. Um, but they okay. also do, like, spiky mats that have all these little yeah, like, plastic heard. spikes yeah. that you can lie down and it sort of releases pressure. They're meant to
0: be so good. Yeah, yes. so
1: that was a perfect gift for one family member.
0: How much does one of these um,
1: um, spiky
0: things cost? I
1: think it was, like, 50 or 60, but oh, right, they okay. were having sales. And maybe they'll have a Boxing Day sale, so yeah, it could be a, cool. yeah, a good gift. Um, the quick flick if you're wanting a gift for a. a female um they had a eyeliner stamp so if you like doing the eyeliner they you can actually stamp it on which i thought was really cool oh um okay. so that's probably not something owen will need I um, know. but they have all sorts Good of another other wife, things work. um and then there's also hay tiger chocolate which is a beautiful artisan chocolate company they um like really support um the chocolate growers and they donate money to charity and there was just, there was a gingerbread one and there was like a strawberry they were just beautiful so if, even if you just have mm. to look at their instagram and just the videos that they're making the chocolate and i have that's tested That's Christmas enough. <laughs> yeah. i have tested one of them um that was supposed to be gifted but i may have eaten the whole block and it was just amazing like okay. their christmas gingerbread one was so that's top. australian yeah oh cool and even the packaging it all came with it came with like an ice block in the box when it got delivered so nothing was melted or damaged and beautiful out her packaging as well
0: cool so hey target chocolate i think we yeah. can put some notes yeah uh, i'll put them
1: all in the show notes. yeah
0: because there's so many there that it's just so good um did you have of, any i i didn't have any i haven't done any christmas shopping <laughs> no, yet so I'm, I'm so guilty <laughs> but um no we my wife and i were actually i said this is the first year in four years three or four years um where we've had two incomes, mm. so I have gone without a wage for so long. Um, so we're going to double our budget for our family members. So That's one of the things I can give it away. Um, one of the things is I'm going to get an RM Williams belt, so just a belt for someone family. But also, um, we have a lot of things now where you know you can get hotel rooms and Airbnbs and things like that pretty cheap. Mm. So there's a few of those in the works too. Yeah, um, got a couple of vouchers for hotels and that sort of stuff um, lined up. Would be lovely. Just basic, but people just need to get out of the house. And some people that we know yeah. need just time alone together, so that's what we're trying to do there. Um, yeah, uh, and we just bought my sister. or gave her all the books for Harry Potter. Oh, that's um, so she, we're gonna have to think of something else now for Christmas. But yeah, I don't have any. What about the,
1: you'll get the Fantastic Beasts? Oh book. yeah,
0: yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I definitely could do that. But she's um, she's about seven is it six or seven books she's about four or five of the way through so it's good effort yeah for a 10 year old it's pretty good <laughs> um okay christmas food you got some strategies for people this is coming to the end guys christmas food suggestions
1: yeah so i'm just sort of my big suggestion is delegate a different dish or course to everybody i mean that's what we're doing in my family this year everyone's responsible for mm-hmm. everything from entree to dessert to alcohol <laughs> yep, cool and so i think everyone having a role and at least playing some part. Even younger people could be – someone could create the Christmas crackers or something like that. Although homemade Christmas crackers never really work the same because uh, they don't have the, the gunpowder spark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I have done the toilet paper Christmas crackers oh, creation before. Yeah. Oh. It, it's a bit of a letdown, but um, at least it's a way to get people involved. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah, and so I'm actually doing the entree the, – Classic Aussie prawn cocktail dish this year.
0: Is that just go to Carl's or Woolies? Get some prawns, get some prawns, shell get them. Get the, get some oh, you shell lettuce. them first. You don't make them shell their own. The guests, like the people at Christmas.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. You can make. Yeah. I've never done it before. If you wanted
0: to be lazy, you could just be like, "Here's a bag of prawns." I don't prawns, know. I just envision cocktail <laughs> sauce. Go for
1: it. <laughs> I envision the lettuce in like a little dish with the prawns over the side. Oh, that's the,
0: very fancy. Yeah, the nice. cocktail
1: sauce in the middle. Yeah, I know you make it with tomato sauce, and then. Maybe I can fancy it up somehow. Yep. Maybe put some mango in or... Oh, yeah. Why not? I don't know. I haven't made it before, so we'll yep. have to learn in a few weeks. Cool. Um, yeah, but that's probably the main things. You got any tips for well, uh, again, the again, a
0: bit of a, I feel like I'm a bit of a letdown in this one, but um, no, we are on dessert. And when I say we, it's me assisting the head chef, who is Sarah in the kitchen, and we have rumbles, uh, like all the easy stuff. So yep. rumbles, a cheesecake, Um We've got brownies, hedgehog. So we're just—it's just pretty much chocolate and cheese in our house. So sugar it's cream just,
1: overload.
0: Yeah, put it all in and just see yeah. how it goes. But yeah, we um, uh, we've got desserts for about fifteen people, so it's going to be double serves of everything. But that's um, yeah. If we—if I come up with any good uh, recipes, I'll put them out. But yeah, trust me, you don't want to take my word for it. So one last thing, which is on Christmas holidays, um, you know, we're going to have some episodes for people. We're going to have some from some unique. Yeah. episodes particularly in january very unique which is going to be really cool and we've got some tips and tricks for people to save money and make money
1: yeah and we'll have an episode just before the new year's coming out with setting your goals and intentions and tips and tricks to actually achieving them um for 2021 so yeah. i think that that'll be a really good one um and we're really excited for 2021 yeah i mean i think it can be bigger and better hopefully we've the world starts to get itself under control but um i think yeah it's going to be a great year and give heaps more back and get everyone's personal finances leveled up
0: so we've got a a thing that we're calling the financial resilience project it's a little bit different and it's going to come through the airways to you um and it's going to be really important we did the first recording for this financial resilience project today Mm. And it was a really special thing that we did. And I'm really looking forward to bringing it to everyone. Thanks for the hard work of Kate. It's coming together. Um, we're also going to launch a heap of courses for people over Christmas because we know New Year's is a time where you can slow down and you can really put some thought into these things, but also set yourself on the path for 2021 in the year ahead. So keep an eye out for that. We'll be Like, if you don't already follow us on socials, please jump on there. Kate's Fire course is coming out soon. That'll probably be the first one to drop. Yep. Got a property course in there. We've got a tax course. Tax is a really interesting one. (laughs) If you put anything tax-related on YouTube, you can almost guarantee that someone's going to get really political and say how bad the world is. Um, And then we've got um, an ethical investing series as well, which I imagine would be very popular with the listeners, how to invest ethically, not according to our ethics, but just according to your own, how you can do that in Australia. So that's a big episode, Kate. Yeah, what we just went through, but lots of um, great anecdotes and, and things to take away from the year that's been.
1: Yeah, I think it's been it's been definitely a strange year, but I think we've made the most of it. Um, and yeah, absolutely join our Facebook group. The yep. links in the show notes. Um, send any episode ideas because we're planning over the next few weeks the 2021 sort of content schedule. Um, so that's podcast at Rask dot com um, and we'd love to hear from you
0: absolutely we love hearing from everyone so please jump into the facebook group and say good day absolutely cool. kate as always thanks for joining me
1: thanks for listening